0: Hey, it's Misty and Liz. We're two women who don't know shit about literature, but we love to hang out and talk about the
1: books we've read and everything else on our minds. So get cozy, grab a drink, and let's get started.
0: Hello and welcome to Talking Shitature.
1: I'm so glad to see you. We haven't done this in so long.
0: I know. I know. I'm glad to be back. Ida completely messed us up. She did. Big, bad bitch.
1: All the way from Louisiana to New York. She was just... All over the place. I know. Just
0: crazy. Road trip over there. I wonder if she had
1: any good music to listen to. I don't know, but I hate it. Good music or an audio book makes a road trip go by so much faster. She was probably listening to our podcast. Probably. That's why she couldn't stop the car, because no. we were too good. She had to too drive around good. the block again. She had to binge us. She did. She did. Sorry, y'all. We didn't mean for that to <laughs> no, happen.
0: No, no, So.
1: Okay, in other news, I know that you're not going to talk about this, so I thought I would say congratulations on your new job. Thank
0: you. Mm.
1: Most people don't know that my sister, Misty, recently quit her, what do you call it, like a corporate job? Oh, it's a corporate job. To start writing. And she got hired... I don't even know what your position is.
0: I content lead.
1: Content lead on a website. Right. So it's a job of her dreams right now. Right. It's like a step in the few steps in the right direction. Yes. So I'm very proud of you. Well, thank
0: you so much. I didn't think it would happen that fast but it was definitely. So
1: fast. You quit your job like four months ago.
0: I did and I got to have spend summer with my kids which was exactly what I wanted and then. And, and then, then was, you're like I don't want
1: to ever do that again.
0: Nope. That, first and last time. <laughs> uh, no it was great. It really was. It was one of those things where I've always. watched people kind of land things and things fall on their lap and it was just like god that'd be awesome if that happened to me and it did and now I'm just I feel like I'm included with that which sounds probably so cheesy but for me it was just like I deserve it too and I got it
1: yeah of course you do so I was watching some Good Morning America segment and someone wrote a book about a French aristocrat but what happened was he came home from work one day and he told his wife and they had like two little kids. He's like, Hey, um, how do you feel about selling everything and moving to France so I can write this book? And she was like, okay, cool. I'm down. And like the balls on this guy. Yeah. And that's basically what you did. You didn't move to France, no, it's not but that badass, you but... did, you did that.
0: It's yeah. And th- there's been recently in the past, maybe five years or so, I've noticed a big trend in this kind of second act for, for people, you know, for, for parents and people, adults that, you know, you go to school, I'm going to be a, you know, I'm going to be a IT person, you know, whatever. So you can fix my phone. Right. So I'm going to, you know, I'm going to work in IT. I want to do computer, all that stuff. And then just have like a reawakening of like, this isn't what I want to do. I'm happier doing this. Maybe not might not be as lucrative. It's not as safe as what I'm doing here. But I'm not happy.
1: And you just got to put yourself out there. You do. And, and you it's really, really scary.
0: It is terrifying. It and is. you really have to. So if you are out there and you are thinking, I'm not happy doing this, but I'm comfortable. I have a goal of waking up and being excited to do something. This is it. This is me telling you do it. Do it.
1: Because the worst that's going to happen is you end up not doing it
0: and you're back in the same boat, exactly yeah. where you are right now. And you will always have regrets. And no regrets, babe. No regrets. So, that's my soapbox for today. It's our therapy sesh. That's it. Okay.
1: So, while you're over here like starting new career moves, the most interesting thing that happened to me was I got a prank call.
0: Oh, the other night, well, those are fun.
1: So I'm sitting, I'm laying in my son's bed, drinking a screw you, which is screwball and hoo. And if you do haven't it. tried it yet, you need to drink that. Do it, do it. It's peanut butter, chocolatey goodness, and oh god. And he
0: get a little tipsy.
1: Yeah. So he was playing Valhalla, and I was drinking a screw you, and my husband was sitting in the chair, um, drinking a ranch water. No, those are good too. Mm-hmm. And my phone rings, and I answer it, and they say D's nuts. <laughs> and I like pull the phone away from me and look at it and I hear D's nuts and I thought that it was a recording
0: I (laughs) died warranty D's nuts
1: (laughs) (laughs) so I give the phone to my husband I'm dying laughing and I said "Ooh, tell him the nuts joke and so he says what do you call nuts on the wall and they go wall nuts and he said what do you call nuts on your chin and the kid or whatever it was said chin nuts and jamie said my dick in your mouth and hung up the phone and we <laughs> died laughing how old do you think these kids were oh um, they were probably 10 oh good 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 maybe you should get the parenting
0: award right are they contributing to the delinquency of a juvenile probably <laughs>
1: My juvenile was also in the room, so right. I just
0: covered his, his ears up, yes. and
1: I like swished my hands back and forth to try to make more sound on his ears, like a moving earmuff,
0: right. while my husband said the punchline. I mean, do you remember – okay, so a few weeks ago, our kids spent the night together, and they called all of the local attorneys that are on the – uh, they're on the billboards and commercials around here, uh, yeah. And I kind of want to sing
1: the jingles, but I don't want to give them any more advertising, right? So they're like, call, like, yeah, they called all the attorneys, which
0: they're kind of begging
1: for it. If they you they put mean, your phone number all you over make the place, their
0: phone number so catchy and like. Six, six, six. Wow, man. (laughs) Are you calling the
1: devil? You probably are. (laughs) Um, My name is Lucifer, attorney at law.
0: We probably are summoning the devil right now. We need to stop. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, did you bring your Ouija board? I'm going to rebuke that in the name of Jesus. The book we're talking about this week
1: is American Fire. It's got a really long title. Let me get it. American Fire, Love, Arson, and Life in a Vanishing Land by Monica Hesse. So I picked this book because it's true crime. Love. And that's probably our first love is yes. true crime. Just so like every
0: other female here.
1: Yeah. But I don't actually think I've ever read a full book about a true crime story.
0: I read the, a book about the Manson family. It was so good. I think it's called The Family. Yeah, I think
1: that is and, the book. And it
0: was... Awesome. I almost said delicious. So I read I'll Be Gone in the Dark.
1: The you actually mailed me that book. Yes. And I have started reading it. But, you know, I'm very weird about any kind of, like, sexual stuff. Right. And yeah. So um, I've started reading it, but I, I can't read it for too long because I don't know if they're going to say that. There's no there's no trigger warning at I the beginning of it.
0: thinking, and I could be wrong, I, th- it's been a few years since I've read it. I don't remember anything that sticks out that's especially... Um, graphic. Okay. So I think you'll be safe. Okay, yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, I understand that that happens and like details need to be known, yeah. but I don't I won't stop thinking about it for years. I
0: want to yeah.
1: It will I will wake up in the middle of the night and be like, that poor lady in California in the 70s.
0: I don't think it, it has anything that's, a, it, like, big details.
1: So, I picked this book because it's about arsonists. And I can tell you the entire time that I made notes, I wrote The Murderer. Because normally, I'm I'm reading and I'm watching shows about murderers. Right. So it, it, no one knows is they're the diff- murderers.
0: Arson's different.
1: Arson is different. So, um, a little bit about Monica Hesse. She's from Normal, Illinois. Normal? Normal, oh. Illinois. I'm sure there's a million jokes about that. No. Nope. Hey, you know what we should do is every time we have a book, we should make fun of the author's hometown, like Regina.
0: I think that's a great idea because I don't think we don't
1: want to make friends. We don't no. want people to like us. I
0: think that that's a great way to have all of the authors retweet, retweet us and with just a bunch of hate stuff because any type of publicity is good publicity. Exactly. Right.
1: So she lists some of her favorite books as A Handmaiden's Tale. Boo. Mm, I don't I like hate that it. book. Movie, I mean show, might be great. The book was really hard to read. It was just. Um, she also says Ender's Game. Did you read oh, Ender's Game? No, but I did see it. Yeah, it's a yes. it's a movie. I've never seen the movie. The book was really good. It was good. I, yes. I've
0: heard it was really good. And maybe Dick. So <laughs> okay, I've
1: never read that.
0: <laughs> I would. I will never read that. It's a, a whale. And when the whale's name movie Dick?
1: I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't read the book, so I, I don't can't know.
0: imagine what that would even be about. And, and it's such a classic; I've never even. I
1: know, we sound like you want to get your reading information <laughs> from us. <God. laughs> anyway, so one of the books I like, one of the books I don't like, one of the books I don't know anything about. So we don't know if she has good taste. <laughs> um, she has written a couple of other books. She's actually a columnist for the Washington Post, but then she also wrote a few books, kind of about the Holocaust and World War II, which sounds like oh. stuff that you like. So, Monica, yeah, hit me up, girl, because I love all of that. They went left, which actually sounded really good. It's about the Holocaust. It's a girl and her brother, and her whole family is walking, and her and her brother went right away from the gas chambers, and the rest of her family went left.
0: Oh, wow. So
1: the book is about her trying to find her brother.
0: Oh, got to read it.
1: Right, it sounds really good. Yeah. I have it in my notes. Misty would probably like. Oh, yes, Hearts, Hearts.
0: I loved her writing. I really did. This is the first book I've read that that was by her. I was completely sucked in. I have to say what what really sucked me in was her intro. She described the book as the the answer as to what was going on, why they why these two Nimrods did what they did. She described it as There's an answer for these things involved hope, poverty, pride, Walmart, erectile dysfunction, Steakums, the chopped meat sold in the frozen food aisle, intrigue, and America sucked me in. Was it the Steakums bit? The Steakums. I didn't know what that was. I had to Google it. I didn't know what Steakums was either. sounds gross, but... It does sound gross. The sarcasm in that, (laughs) I caught on immediately and I Uh thought, yeah, this is gonna be this is gonna be a good ride.
1: I can say from the style of the writing, I wasn't quite sure how how she would write a fictional book because this to me was so a newspaper column. I, I mean, it was more than a newspaper column, but it was very
0: well. You were just you were surprised that they gave who did it right away.
1: They did immediately. It's within the first couple of paragraphs. They tell you who did it, so it's not a who done it, which so, to me for true crime is like half of the fun, right? So I was like, well, it was a, She told me
0: it was a why done it.
1: It, it worked.
0: It did, it and worked. I was
1: kind of mad about it at first. I did not. I was like, well, you already told me who did it, and I but did. I
0: liked that because then you got to go back. And, re- and kind of go through their relationship.
1: It's like whenever you watch an M. Night Shyamalan movie <laughs> and you find out the twist. Like, do you remember watching The Sixth Sense for the first time? Mm-hmm. And then you're like, well, crap. Now I have to go back and watch the movie to make sure you can really tell that he's dead the whole time. And then it's obvious. And then it's so obvious. And you're yeah. like, what? How? what? All right, so let's tell you a little bit about what this book is. This is about arsons that took place on the peninsula um on the eastern shore of Virginia in Accomac, Virginia. I think she describes it as the Hangnail of Virginia, yeah, just, which is perfect. Right, it kind of like a little peninsula that's kind of like a little peninsula island thing. I mean, you know, do you know what a peninsula is? I do. Let me explain geography to oh, please, you. I'm all ears. This could not have happened just anywhere because of the way that that town had gone through its economy had risen and fallen, then this place was distinctly set up for this to happen. So in the 1910s, this area had just the highest valued crops of anywhere in the countries. So they were in the countries. (laughs) Highest valued crops of anywhere in the country. So farmers were just like living the life. They're like, we're going to buy all these horses what you, I'm going to buy the Bentley of these horses.
0: Like a Clydesdale?
1: Yes. They had so many Clydesdales. Oh yes. <laughs> and if you my had. are
0: everywhere. If
1: you had eight Clydesdales pulling in your wagon, then you were more than people had. Bougie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so because they were doing so well economically, they were adding more and more buildings. Like the farmers would have a house, and then they would be doing well, so they would add another house kind of connected by a hallway. Right. And then next year, maybe they'll add another one kind of connected. They ended up building a couple of hotels and cafes and stuff because it was such a good, prosperous area, and then things went downhill. So – you know, farmers started losing their houses, so there's a bunch of abandoned houses, and the biggest one was the Whispering Pines Hotel.
0: Kind of reminded me of, like, Detroit-ish.
1: Well, I've never been to Detroit.
0: Well, I haven't either, but, like... All I know about
1: Detroit is Eminem's from there, and his palms are sweaty, and Mom's spaghetti.
0: Wow. <laughs> He's... Okay, well, yes. But also, Detroit, you know, that was, like... Oh, the cars! He, right. <laughs> yeah. The plants, and it was like booming, 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 and then stopped. And then abandoned houses, economy collapsed. That's yes. That's what it reminded me of. It, that's exactly what it was. And then everybody that's
1: there knows everybody. I think that they said they even called them born here. Right. Instead of locals. And they could trace some of these people's roots back to like the 1600s their families had been on this peninsula. That's a and long our, time. Yes. I don't even know where – I don't even know my great-grandparents. Where are they from? Arkansas. Oh, well. Do you know your great-great-grandparents? Nope. Okay. See? 1600s has got to be like four greats at least. So on November twelfth two thousand 2012, that night there are three fires.
0: Right. That's when it started.
1: The firefighters thought that it was just some kids at first. Right. They're just like, oh, God, it's going to be one of these nights. And because of the way that the town was, it was a very small town, not a great economy. They did not have professional firefighters. Everybody had day jobs. These were all volunteer firefighters. They slept at home. They had pagers on them. They would get paged. They would go drive to the fire station and get dressed. And then they would take the fire engine to the fire. So that got old real
0: fast right because it was just boom boom boom
1: i think they said the first fire it took them a while to put it out they got back to the fire station they had just taken off their stuff and they got paged again saying there was another fire and then
0: another one and then another so it was one. like the first night there were three fires and that just that here we go
1: right so over a total of five months there were 86 fires Five months is not that long. It's That's not. a fire almost every night, That's every other night.
0: Six different places that were set on fire,
1: and then some of them were in the same night.
0: Yeah, these firefighters—they're these, volunteer, like we said. Uh, between de- December first, when the Virginia State Police began collecting data on its arson investigation, and mid-April, they dedicated. 26,378 regular work hours and 14,924 overtime and comp hours solving the arsons in this county. Uh, the agency spent $112,833 on lodging, $67,404 on food, $86,671 on fuel. And $37,837 on aviation expenses. And this is over five months. So that's
1: over $300,000. That's almost $305,000. Um, in five months. In five months. So. <clears throat> A lot of damage. Okay, so this, the book starts off and it tells you about the first fire. And then it says Charlie Smith did it.
0: Charlie Smith. So Charlie Smith was actually part of the volunteer fire department. He was. He had a drug issue at one time, and I think he was described as just a little slow, very simple. He was a mechanic. A damn good mechanic, apparently. Apparently, he was great.
1: And he was really good with body work. And I was listening to another podcast about this book because he knew so much about cars, he was pretty much invaluable to the fire station because if he got caught out to a wreck, he could use the jaws of life. He knew exactly where to cut on that car. So he saved so many people. He,
0: I mean, he was described in the book
1: as there wasn't really anything negative. But the thing about him was he always admitted that he messed up. Right. So he would say, you know, I did this and I shouldn't have. Right. Right. He- so he exactly, he took ownership about it. Charlie was described as a man with bouts of great heroism mixed with great boneheadedness. That's perfect. He actually began to get really depressed after a failed relationship. I think he was with, with someone for about 10 years, had a child with her, but they never never could make it down the aisle. So they broke up. He started using drugs again. I think he had gotten like an eight ball of Coke and was planning on like...
0: He bought two eight balls of Coke.
1: He was planning on overdosing. He went out to the bar.
0: Shuckers. Shuckers. (laughs) He went to Shuckers, which apparently Shuckers was like the studio okay so
1: i am picturing this like uh jersey shore me too like the clothes jersey shore clothes and uh Cody ugly dancing on the bar but like surrounded by trailers
0: okay that definitely sets the the scene here no hate on trailers we grew up on a trailer we sure did
1: but that's that's whenever i picture it that's how i picture
0: it that's a good description
1: he goes and he meets He he already knows Tanya, and he's always thought that Tanya was too good for him, and she would never give him the time of day. But just one of those things, Tanya's friend comes over and was like, Tanya wants you to have her phone number. Mm. So he's like, well,
0: maybe I'll save the suicide for another day. Let me find out about this stuff we used to get back in the day. And they met, and then he got clean. He did. Well, I guess, did
1: he? I was wondering if they were on drugs together. Well. It doesn't I really the,
0: say. I think the drug was love. Oh, yeah. It's the most lethal of them all. Yes, it is. So, Tanya and
1: Charlie. Tanya was the one whose family had lived there since the 1600s. That's crazy to me. Apparently, she was kind of like the, um, what is it, the ugly duckling? Right. She was not super popular in high school. I think I think they said that her dad was very abusive. But then she ended up leaving. And then when she came back, she was just this beautiful woman. They shared pictures of her. and I didn't wouldn't never... I'm right, not
0: casting judgment, but... I like, wouldn't describe something. her
1: as... She was attractive.
0: Okay, yeah.
1: I wouldn't describe her as this beautiful woman.
0: Also, her last name is Bundick, and I kept saying Bum-dick. Tanya Bum-dick. She
1: was the girl dancing on the bar at Shuckers. Apparently she
0: in, was Miss Congeniality of Shuckers. Right. I think they said she wore
1: lingerie to the bar one night. Just lingerie. Like, That's... nothing over it.
0: Just lingerie. It wasn't even Halloween. I mean, you do you, boo, but... I mean... Sh- She had – she was very brave. But everyone –
1: all the women wanted to – they made it sound like all the men loved her and all the women wanted to be her.
0: I got to go here.
1: (laughs) Which made me seriously question the people there. But that can't be true, right? I mean – So Charlie and Tanya meet, they kind of hook up, and Charlie always feels like he was not good enough for Tanya, and he would do anything to keep her. They even were one of those couples who had a joint Facebook Okay, let me just go ahead and let y'all know: Facebook is free. Right. You do not
0: have to share an account mm-hmm.
1: with anyone.
0: And and look, outside looking in, I'm gonna let you know: if you have a joint Facebook account, you're cheating. You're cheating. One of you is cheating, you, and the other one doesn't trust you. You can tell me oh, for a week straight you're not. Yes, you are. Mm-hmm. And if you're not, then stop doing that because that's exactly what it looks like.
1: So Tanya, they would they would they were known to go back and forth with each other on Facebook. On the same Facebook. <laughs> so they would have to be like, it's Tanya. It's Char. And it's they would Tanya. Like, it's I, Char.
0: In my head, they would like, okay, I'm going to type. And like, here's a laptop. You type. And then here's a laptop. You type.
1: And, and from the rest of the book, it's her being like, here, I'm going to give you this laptop. You type this. In fact, just give me the laptop and I'll type it for you. And you say you type this.
0: Which is probably what happened.
1: Probably. So this is this is one of the things that Tanya puts on Facebook. And, and just just keep in mind, this is a woman who has two children. It's rainin', it's pourin'. the old lady been out horin'. she dribbling done her chin, wonder where that mouth been, she skirt is torn, she lookin' real war, he tapped that ass, she probably got gas, poor old soul been freaked in the hole, she can't sit down, she look like a clown. Tanya. I want to wear her clothes, I want to be just like her, anywhere she goes in shuckers.
0: Tanya is my bestie. No, Tanya is to me. Tanya like wears like neon colored lingerie, and oh my God. she is a sexy nurse for Halloween.
1: Look, her kids are old enough to get on Facebook and see this. Ugh. I can't with her. Tanya, no. So I will say in the book, Monica Hesse really does a great job of being very unbiased.
0: Oh, absolutely. Because I
1: immediately hate her. I'm making fun of her. Cannot no. stand her. And Monica Hesse just kind of lays it out here, and she she kind of gives credit where credit's due. She says that Tanya's a great mom. She's the first to show up at PTA meetings. She sends ba- like homemade baked cupcakes to the kids' school. She's known as a devoted mother. She does anything for her kids. And while all that may be true, and I respect that, I have this thing with Facebook. It just, ugh, I cannot stand when people act crazy on Facebook. The it drama. makes me think so much less of them. And because I'm presented with that, then I'm like, ugh. But I'm glad she's taking care of the kids,
0: right? I, I have to agree with you, Monica. Really, Monica, you know, BFF, Monica.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. She's coming over for dinner next week. She
0: sure is. we love her. She sticks to the facts. It's the the book is written very factual. It's not. It doesn't sway either way. No. It's straight down. It's black and white. All of the information here can be fact checked against. Other articles and, you know, news publications that were put out. She does a really good job of of sticking to what is what.
1: So at one point in the relationship, though, we, we got way, way. I mean, it was in the book, but we went way that way. At one point... Charlie is actually working for his dad or his stepdad at a mechanic shop and his stepdad's kind of like, you know, it's time for you to go your own way. Like you need to go do your own thing. So he starts working for himself and he rents a space and it's got too much room for him. So he actually lets uh, Tanya open a little boutique in the front of his mechanic shop so that they can be closer together. She can kind of do what she wants to. I think that she was having... She is a single mom. I think that one of her sons was having problems in school or something. So she it would free up a lot of her time to be able to take care of her kids better and let her kind of do something that she wants to because from what the book says, people wanted to wear clothes like her and she wanted to sell going out clothes. So
0: <laughs> to me it was like rainbow. I would describe rainbow as one time use clothes. One time use only. Uh-huh. If you dance too hard and I look, this is this is because I've done this. If you buy something at Rainbow and you go to whatever club and you move too much, the seams are going to break, are just going to come apart. You have like streamers of thread following right. but, you but after whatever you walk. that's the sign of a good night. So that's what I imagine Tanya selling like these like. <laughs> cheap shit. Cheap shit.
1: Well, the boutique was actually called a tiny taste of toot.
0: That, that sounds like farts. I'm going to be honest.
1: It does, or it sounds like licking some JJ. Wow. I don't know. I mean, you see a tiny taste of toot, and I'm not sure what we do there. Right. It could be one of those, like, massage parlors. Right, quote, unquote.
0: It's, it's a strange name for a boutique. Is it a sandwich shop? Is it a...
1: Nothing a, about it says clothes it's to me. probiotic place? We're going to eat something. Eat? Okay. Eat toot. Uh, okay. <laughs> a German... It's a German food, German food place, because isn't it the Germans who, like, if you belch, it's a sign that the food was good? Is it? Like, it's impolite if you don't belch? Yes. Oh, that's, I know all the things about German
0: culture, so that's exactly who that is. Well, maybe my family's German, because they sure do burp all the time.
1: I burped prior to pressing record. You did, and it... It was loud. Blew your hair back. (laughs) (laughs) Your glasses were crooked. They were. (laughs) Okay, so Charlie eventually proposed to Tanya, and she said yes, but then she made him do it again in front of everybody.
0: What a drama
1: queen, Tanya. And again, Monica does not – No. She never says anything ugly. Mm -mm. I wish I could be more like her. Then Monica starts telling us about arsonists in general.
0: So arson is – Defined as it's a willful burning of property with criminal intent. There's usually more behind it, which I found I found very interesting because I never thought of it that way.
1: I think that most arsonists, they're in it for the money. Right, insurance. They're, they're in it for revenge. They're not in it for the fires, per se.
0: Right, that's what I'm saying. There's more It's more of it. a
1: means to an end. It's not a... Re- That is the the end.
0: And a lot of times people light fires because of some type of mental instability or because they're trying to get out some type of sexual frustration.
1: Do you remember the part where she says in the late 1700s, German scientists were the first ones to study arson? Right. They decided that most women were arsonists and the cause was puberty. Because the trauma of menstruation and sexual development was just too much. While I agree, the trauma of menstruation is a lot. I've never wanted to set anything on fire.
0: I've thought about it. Sometimes you just are, I'm so done. I'm going to just set this house
1: on fire. Oh, like a thing like, oh my God, I'm going to kill you. But like, you don't actually kill someone. Right. But, But I'm more like, oh my God, I'm on period. Let me go sleep for five days. Setting a fire sounds like way too much work.
0: Right. I want to sleep. I don't even want to make dinner. No. No, you're eating cereal. I'm on my period. Duh. You
1: make a bowl of cereal. Bring me a cookie in the bed. I'm right. going to eat it while I sleep. Thank you.
0: Give me... Right. Bring me some Motrin and some a little Debbie snack cake and get the hell out of here. Right. So in truth, most most
1: arsonists are not female. No. So these German...
0: Okay. I'm not even comfortable lighting birthday candles. I'm going to be on Like, seriously, like... That lighter gets too hot.
1: Like, (laughs) do you remember um when Lisa left i Lopez set her boyfriend's house on fire? I do. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So most
0: she's an exception.
1: Most female arsonists do so with revenge in mind. So it's
0: what made you think um, of that?
1: A female arsonist? I immediately thought of uh asking a rainbow yesterday. (laughs) Right? (laughs) I didn't
0: even think about her, but I think that's awesome that you did,
1: because duh. Yeah. I looked it up, and she got mad at her boyfriend because they had gone out. She wanted to leave, and he didn't want to, so she went back home, and he had gone shopping for shoes earlier in the day, and he didn't buy her one pair of shoes, so she put all of his new shoes in the bathtub and lit it on fire, and the entire house went up in flames. It was like
0: a waiting to exhale moment. I don't know if you remember that movie, but cheating husband, put his shit in the car, lit it on fire, and she was like, bye, boo.
1: Oh, did she walk away, slow yes. motion, hair uh, in the wind, yes. like, don't fuck with oh, me? Mary
0: J. Blige, not going to cry. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: But they actually, Le- Lisa left I Lopez and her fiancé, they were engaged at the time. They actually stayed engaged. Engaged. <laughs> oh, they didn't get married because she died in a car wreck. Oh, okay. I remember, that, did, that happened not long, like just a couple of years after she set the house on fire. I
0: remember seeing their mansion on you know like the next like after the fire and i was like wow you done messed up crazy but she burnt that to the ground so she
1: also mentions this lady in the book uh credonia morende she's a ugandan spiritual leader she was the head of the movement for the restoration of the ten commandments of god which was a cult that splintered from catholicism First of all, she burned some things of a guy who did her wrong. Then she burned down the home of a guy who refused to join her cult. Okay. And then later, she took 600, I don't know how she got 600 people to follow her. Cult leaders are just so impressive. They're charismatic. I can't, I can't get three friends. And mm-hmm. somehow she got <laughs> 600 friends. I have to you. believe her crazy shit. You're my sister. You don't even count. Right. Oh, right. She got 600 people Mm -hmm. to join her cult. She locked those people in a church and burned it down. All 600 people inside. Crazy. So I don't know what her problem was. Most arsonists are men, below average IQs. They reflect the demographic of the area. So if you're having houses burnt down in a white neighborhood, it's probably a white White man. If it's in an Asian neighborhood, you're probably an Asian person or, you know, so on. And most of them actually struggle with substance abuse or have schizophrenia.
0: I And I love that she, Monica included all of this in the book because this is stuff I did not know.
1: I did too. And the story itself of Charlie and Tanya is interesting, but it's these little things that right. I, they're like Easter eggs. Right, like I live Tanya, for this.
0: Tanya and Charlie, uh, just as a couple, very, very white bread, very... Boring and not much there, right. which is the reason for the fires, mm-hmm. because they were so bored with themselves. I mean, when my husband and I are bored, we
1: drive around, find an abandoned house, and set a fire. Right?
0: No, I think we go to Lowe's
1: and set fires nope. in the lumber section.
0: No, nope, we go to Lowe's, walk around, and talk about all the things we need to do to our house. That's what we do.
1: Oh, did you know that David Berkowitz was actually an arson? Yes, I read.
0: Well, I do now because of Monica. It was in the the book.
1: It was in the book, and then I went and looked it up, and apparently he is said to have set up to 2,000 fires before
0: he was a murderer. So there's a criteria for if you want to kind of judge if your kid or whoever you know is going to be a serial killer. And it's animal abuse, hurting an animal, killing Mm -hmm. an animal, setting fires, Mm -hmm. bedwetting. Yeah, but I
1: think that most of the time, serial killers didn't grow up in the best home. So probably the parents aren't like, oh, no, little David wet the bed again. I hope he's not going to be a serial killer. They're probably, like, beating the shit out of him and then locking him in his room for three days.
0: I can tell you that the first time I heard that, my son was maybe nine years old, and he had wet the bed recently, and I was immediately worried.
1: You thought he was going to be a serial killer?
0: Well, I mean, you know, he does not do the other two No, but it was, you know, it was like, he did wet the bed, you know, because I have anxiety. So automatically I got a worst case scenario.
1: Well, my husband almost set his house on fire whenever he was like nine because he was playing with matches on his bed and the entire mattress just like went up. Really? Yes, so he was going to the kitchen and getting like cups of water. Oh my God. It did nothing. Right. I think he said his his brother who's 7 years older just came home and like started got the hose from outside and was like spraying it and everything. But yeah.
0: Did it did he set the house on fire? Did it
1: No, it ended up just being the mattress because his brother came home, like, just in time. Because he'd gone to the kitchen and gotten cups of water a couple times. What would
0: you do if you came home and your son had set his bed on fire?
1: Well, I can tell you that I was working the other day, and I kept hearing the kids go in and out, in and out, in and out, in and out, getting cups of water, going in and out, getting cups of water. My kids set our tree on fire.
0: Your Christmas tree?
1: No. The tree that's outside in the ground. Oh. They set the tree on fire. So the night before... think bentley was over here and they said hey can we play the fireworks and
0: And you're like sure
1: well i (laughs) wasn't in the room but i heard him say it and i was like no
0: right in my
1: head i'm like no my husband says sure go ahead because (sighs) i don't know men
0: because he didn't learn anything from setting his mattress on fire (laughs) apparently so
1: he let him play with sparklers whatever okay
0: we'll see that okay
1: it was okay. just sparklers, Not like a
0: roman candle. Well, the
1: next day, the is whenever the cup thing was happening, they had been holding the sparklers up to the tree, and the entire tree smoldered all night long. Good I goodness. had to go outside with a water hose. I sprayed it for about fifteen minutes of sitting there, just spraying the tree up and down because it was like a slow burn.
0: Right, just smoke.
1: I went outside an hour later. The son of a bitch is still smoking. Oh, my God. So I sat out there for probably 30 minutes just constantly spraying it with a water hose. And I was like, okay, it's got to be done now. Nope. Two more times. And then Jamie came home and had to do it. And I was furious. You You better stop that tree from burning down. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, my son, the serial killer.
0: Don't say that okay so let's talk about the fire yes let's do that let's do that that's that's the, the
1: the meat of it it
0: is it is so so the first fire she apparently they were having issues right some relationship issues some sexual issues they liked to go riding around at night together which i found weird because she does have
1: two kids right and the kids, I think they gave their ages, and I don't think that they were, they weren't like 17 and 15. I think they were more like 13 and 11.
0: Right. So they're leaving them at home alone so they can go ride around
1: the... It sounds like they're doing drugs to me. Like, I don't know anybody yeah. else that rides around. Especially when you don't have money, like you're wasting your gas, right. your money on gas now, to ride around. Now, I say that in the book. This is not.
0: Only speculation. But they were riding around the first time, the, this one night, she says, I want you to light this house on fire, this abandoned building on fire for me so he she let him out she was driving
1: and he said i'm gonna walk in and see how far tanya wants me to take this joke right.
0: <laughs> and so he just goes in there and hangs out duh, 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 goes back and he's like sure did and they dry off well they go back by nothing's happening i think they ride by again house is still sitting there and he confesses i lied so what does tanya do she, she says, says, if you want something done right, you got to do it yourself. So she gets out and lights that house on fire. Mm-hmm. And apparently she lit a dozen more fires after that herself. She almost gets caught. And Charlie, because he is ride or die, says, I would rather light these fires for her than her get caught. So he takes over as official arsonist of the relationship. Well, he's thinking, oh, you have kids. But
1: at the same time, he's got a daughter. Right. Right. So I guess he doesn't live with the daughter. He does live with Tanya and the kids. And I guess, you know, that responsibility does fall to the mother. Right. You know, like the, his kid does live with her mother and her kids live with her. So I don't know that their father was even in the picture. I don't They think never he,
0: mentioned
1: it. So Jeff, I thought it was Beal, but in this podcast I listened to, they said Bell. So Jeff Bell was the fire chief in Tasley, or of the Tasley crew. Once these fires start happening more frequently – it got to the point where instead of just sleeping at home, they just started sleeping at the fire station.
0: Because they were expecting it.
1: They would bring in air mattresses. They brought TVs. They brought movies. They watched old fire movies. They, the, I thought it was really interesting that they, bought, they brought their PlayStations. Right. And they would play, I want to say Fortnite. Like, if it was now, <laughs> it would be Fortnite. Yeah. But this was, like, 2012. So I don't think it was. I don't know how long Fortnite's been around. They were together so much. And just, you know, I'm sure firefighting brings you really close together almost dying every night is probably bringing them close together so nobody wanted to play them online because they kicked everyone's
0: asses and you know at first these fires started and it was like oh i wonder what's going on but people actually started to get scared because these fires were happening in buildings that were abandoned for the most part yeah nobody ever got hurt that's one important thing to note to note but people were starting to get scared because these fire- fires can jump. They can jump to your home. And people started wondering, okay, these are abandoned buildings. But what if it starts happening in homes that are occupied? You never knew what was going to happen next. It was a total surprise. A couple of the fires were personal. I think one of them was Tanya's ex-boyfriend. One on of them Valentine's was... Valentine's Day? Uh, yeah. I mean, come on. So she's got a little Lisa left eye. Uh, do- yeah. In her. A little vindictive. So buildings were old, abandoned, and uninsured. So right. No one gets hurt, which is which is awesome. They, Still lots
1: of damage. Like lots of like monetary damage. And, right.
0: And these poor so, firefighters are, you know dog tired. Yes.
1: So what they do is a couple of things. They install some cameras, they make a they make a list of potential hits and they install cameras on some. They go by like like the camo tents, kind of stake out houses. And they have a couple people in each tent. They call in people from other areas to help man the tents. They call in profiles, profilers. I thought it was very interesting. They called in a geographic profiler, Isaac Van Patten, and he actually pinpointed the street Which, that these people lived on.
0: When they were describing how, this was go- how they were doing this, automatically was like, what an awesome job. It, sound, it sounded so interesting,
1: but as as more and more fires began happening, I think his pinpoint location kind it of moved. moved.
0: Yeah, but I thought that that was super cool. I know they, they right down to the street, and they actually went mm-hmm. and they and they asked questioned Tanya at some point, not because they thought she was doing it, but because a fire had happened. Near, Their next door neighbor, right? So they went and talked to her, and they said she said maybe it's someone in a Facebook group.
1: Yeah. Oh, speaking of, they actually, the people around the area started, uh, started this group called the Eastern Shore Arsonist Hunters. They made t-shirts and stuff, which I tried to find one on eBay and I couldn't find one.
0: That would have been cool, though.
1: They just, so many people were called in. They had, like, so many big people trying to help them solve this because it was such a big thing. And
0: everyone in the, you know, just like, at, at any community, when something like this happens, everyone speculates, everyone thinks they know. And, and people were thinking it could be the person I'm sitting across from in a restaurant that, yeah. that could do it. Well, it had
1: to be. It had to be someone that everyone knew. Right. Because it was such a small town. Everybody knew everybody. So everybody
0: started looking at each other. Charlie referred to the sheriff deputy as Todd
1: because they had grown up together. Right. Like he like every that's, each other. Now, I'm not running into sheriff deputy and calling him by his first name no one night there's a couple of uh officers in a tent watching a house it is their last night in this tent the next day they are leaving akamak and they are going back home they cannot wait to get out of this place and somebody runs up to the house that they're watching
0: and they're like
1: oh but they cannot go out and do anything because they actually have to set the house on fire right until the house is set on fire these these people haven't done anything wrong aside from trespassing i would guess yeah so they watch him for a while. I think that he sticks a rag in a, like a doorknob door hole or okay. something and lights it on fire and then starts to go. But then again, these people don't have um, their cars nearby. So they they have to radio into the police.
0: Radio into police. They see someone come around the corner, pick him up, uh-huh. they drive away. And then, and then, and then the they... police show up, stop them, and they're like, get out with your hands up or whatever. Yeah. And it is Tanya driving and... Old Charlie Smith, P.W. sitting in the passenger seat. And yep. so they are arrested. And Charlie pretty much is immediately
1: like, Yeah, I did it. He same as every other mistake that he's made, he admits to it freely. He said, I did it. I didn't do it alone. But then when he gets to the sheriff's station, he he'll tell you any detail you want to know about some of the fires and then other, other, other fires, he won't even he won't even open his mouth to say I did it. Right. So it's it's like he's trying to protect someone. Duh. Obviously. What I thought was really funny was during this questioning, Charlie asks if he can have a cigarette. And the sheriff says, yeah, sure, let me go get you a cigarette. And then he comes back in and he's like, oh, wait, wait. and he says, oh, I need to get an ashtray and a lighter. And Charlie says, oh, I got a lighter.
0: I'm sure you do. They didn't search him? <laughs> no. Like what? (laughs) They just an arsonist is with the with I guess the weapon in his pocket. Exactly, like you didn't take, you didn't seize that for evidence. No. (laughs) Oh God.
1: Kind of wrapping this up. Tanya didn't do it. She had no idea what Charlie was doing. No, no,
0: they would go riding around at night, and he would say, "Oh." let me out right here and she'd be like I didn't even ask questions and he would just apparently go run and set a house on fire and then he'd call her and say come pick me back up and she'd be like she wouldn't ask any questions
1: I love dropping my husband off at abandoned houses and then riding around until he and not calls even, me
0: and not even you know what I love him so much I don't even ask questions why are you right. doing that you know Mm-mm. I don't we share a Facebook so I don't trust him that much but mm. I trust him
1: enough to drop him off at a house that I've right. never seen
0: I'm just it's not my business Charlie says he does it he does it
1: because he loves Tanya so much and his dick
0: doesn't work. That's it, That's and that his words. Quote unquote. I'm not gonna spend too much time on this. But
1: I guess he just got like nervous I'm that he was gonna lose her and then he got in his head too much.
0: Maybe so. He was worried that
1: he obviously wasn't pleasing her in that way. So he was worried if he didn't do these fires, she was going to leave him.
0: Which I can believe on his part. I can because apparently this made her happy. Yes. For whatever reason.
1: It was some sort of a release.
0: It was. And so he saw that in her and he wanted to keep her...
1: Willing to do anything for the woman he loved. He was. But the woman he loved was not willing to do anything for him because nope. she ended up getting another boyfriend when she was in jail and uh, bailing out of jail. Didn't tell Charlie how she got out of jail. Mm-mm. Didn't bail Charlie out of jail. But they were still planning their wedding. She kept trying to get him to give her, make sure that she had a ring. I don't know what had happened there with the ring. But she wanted to get married so they didn't have to testify against each other. But the sheriff ended up showing Charlie these very explicit letters she had written to other men while she was Watching in jail because they make, they, make, they make
0: copies of that, Tanya. I mean, of they record Tanya. your phone
1: calls. They
0: make copies of your letters. Have you ever seen Lock Up? Because I mean, it's, all, it's right there.
1: You can't confess on the phone at the jailhouse that you did something and then go tell the cops you didn't do it because it's recorded.
0: Ding dong. Frank Dickerson uh, testified as a character witness for Tanya. So it, it, they find out as he's on the stand that that's her boyfriend. He's a preacher, isn't he? Yes. He's
1: a preacher. And he says, there's no way Tanya could do stuff like this, blah, blah, blah. And then uh, the prosecution comes out and says, so which, uh, isn't it true that you're now her boyfriend?
0: And he's like, yes. I am. And they're like, you are not a character witness. They're like, okay, bye. Next. Also, because I am who I am, I found Frank's Facebook.
1: Oh, you did. I did.
0: And it's got pictures of them together, like in prison. It's it's in prison, prison, and maybe we can put this on our Instagram. I mean, because it's public. It's it's. I mean, he has it set to public. Okay. Well, obviously,
1: Frank's like um, wants the attention,
0: right? So I can put. So let's give it to him on, on Instagram. Pictures of them together, like I guess, like visiting day or whatever. So Tanya wants to have
1: all of her counts. She's got like 60-something counts of arson. She wants to have all the trials separately, which, oh my God. Yes. Like, I'm already done with her trials and I haven't even gone to one. I think the first one, she ends up doing an Alfred plea. Right. An Alfred plea is basically where you say, there's enough evidence to convict me, but I didn't do it. Right. So it's kind of like a cop-out. The second one, she's actually found guilty on and then she's just like, okay, Okay, well, let me just go ahead and like plea to the rest of them. So she ended up getting 17 and a half years jail time. Charlie only got 15 because... He had 68 counts, and he got 15
0: years. She got 64 counts and had to do 17 and a half years. Well,
1: she cost the state so much more money because they couldn't have the trial there. Right. They had to go across the bridge. They had to pay for lodging and meals and everything for two right. of her trials so far. So that, And Charlie only needed sentencing because he freely admitted to it. Right. right. He admitted to it. So he was remorseful. You cannot be remorseful if you do not admit to it.
0: And they knew. They said,
1: okay, he's being honest.
0: Yeah. He... He he admitted to it he kept it honest he could tell that he was remorseful in what he had done so did you did you read any reviews i did i have a couple okay of bad reviews yeah i have a couple of okay. bad reviews okay. too because okay. i mean good reviews are a dime a dozen they're they're all over the place and i have a, a good one uh, that i that i wrote down a good review that was short and it was to the point i like a good review Love a bad review. Oh my god, yes. Yes, have you ever read that bad review about the gummy bears on Amazon? (laughs) Yes, and the animal, the banana slicer. (laughs) All right, what you got? Hit me, total BS from Amber on Amazon. Okay, this retelling is beyond far fetched. These two, these are two crackheads who tormented a community and are now profiting from it. Shame on the author for misconstruing everything about this story. Oh. Okay. I well. don't know that these people are are profiting off of this.
1: I don't see how they're profiting off. Monica might be profiting off of it. Monica
0: probably is. Tanya was never even interviewed uh-uh. for this book. Uh-uh. So uh, get your shit together, Amber. <laughs> <laughs> Amy
1: from Goodreads gives it one star and says, Uninteresting. Couldn't get invested in the characters. <laughs> okay. <laughs> They're not characters. they're they're real. This is a nonfiction book. this is These
0: are real people. These are characters, right? <laughs> so Connie on Amazon says, "I chose one star because the story was, again, uninteresting. These places should have been cleaned up years ago. Old abandoned barns and houses, an eyesore to the county. They should have used this traveling money and expenses to clear the land, ok? and made Charlie and Tanya do it as community work instead of prison. I do not recommend this book to anyone. Sad that the author had to pull up old crimes like Bonnie and Clyde to put extra crimes in her in her or his book. Hello, it's Monica. That's a, a woman's name. That had nothing to do with this story. Okay, Connie.
1: She was... She's giving you background. Oh, right. I actually really, we didn't even talk about the whole Bonnie and Clyde thing, but I actually really liked, I liked whenever she told about the couple criminals. She yes. says that there's usually one dominant person and there's one person that kind of follows and is willing to do anything, which, hello, that co- totally fits here. It kind of yes. explains why Charlie was, it explains why Charlie was willing to go along he was with a Tanya. a little
0: puppy right behind Tanya. Exactly. I-, I liked, look, I don't, Bonnie and Clyde, I mean, hello, that's, you know... Legend in Louisiana. 96 Bonnie and Clyde. I mean, that's... Bonnie and Clyde were actually gunned down in Louisiana in in Sabine Parish. And and that is so interesting. Every time I hear that, it's so interesting Mm -hmm. to me. And every time I look at pictures of Bonnie and Clyde, they are never what I think in my head. They look like two little wormy people Mm -hmm. and I'm picturing like machine guns. Kelly? (laughs) Machine guns and, you know, like badasses. And these are like... They look like 14-year-olds. Oh, they probably were 14. They probably were. You have a good review? No, I don't have a good review. I do. Why would
1: I find a good review? Okay, well, let me tell them a bad review. Okay. Uh, Baron, um, Baron Chycaster. Yeah. This is an English person. Okay. This seems very... a Baron Baron Chycaster mm-hmm. from Amazon. Gives it one star. There is no spoiler in this review since there is nothing to spoil. Imagine a book with 105 people mentioned, and each person is described using two pages down to their belt buckle, including the history of the belt buckle. Add in an event that could fully be covered in about 30 pages, and there you go. There's your 240 pages. After a few pages, i skimmed each page for something meaningful and finished the book in less than two hours. Baron is a speed reader. He's one of those people Honestly. that, like, flips flips the book like yeah. a cartoon. And it's like,
0: Done. So it does include a lot of detail. But to me, you need that detail. I found the details interesting.
1: I did, too. I really did. I did. So a lot of the people, that's why they said they didn't like it is because it was too much detail. But I enjoyed it. I did, too. I, I guess I like, I like to know, I like to watch how it's made. I watched how they make Pringles the other day. I it was love pretty cool. So, I like to know how it's made, why things work the way they do, what's going on in someone's brain. And I felt like those details added a lot to the story. And I, I can see where someone wouldn't
0: want right. it. Right. But I enjoyed it. Well, and they say to you, women usually like true crime because of these psychological factor to it why are they doing this what's made them do this what is what is the story behind this mm-hmm. which I know is true for me so I appreciated all of the back story with that she gave otherwise yeah it would have been a couple pages but there was so much to tell
1: there was it, because of everything just kind of fell perfectly for this crime to happen right where it did so I felt like it was all kind of necessary I do too Barbara from Goodreads says, Monica Hesse says that this book started life as a newspaper article. To me, this shows. It feels like a well done, long form article that got padded into book length. Which I feel was kind of a, it it gave it two stars out of five. So that was supposed to be a bad review, but I thought it was actually
0: I I, I thought you were reading a good review. No, it's kind
1: of on point because that's what I was saying earlier. Like I can't I've never read her fiction books. So based off this book, I don't it, I just don't see her writing fiction. Obviously she does because she's got more fiction books than nonfiction. But it did seem very clinical, but I think she was taking her time to not feel biased because it would have been so easy to be like that bitch, Tanya mm-hmm. done lit this shit on fire and drag
0: Tarly down with her. She so bad mama. Right. So she did not Skanky do that. Clothes. No, exactly. Do Robert on Amazon says well-researched, Very readable. Highly recommended. An astonishing story told in a forensic but very readable style. The author's commitment to the task of bringing the events to life is evident throughout. It's also a story of the decline of parts of rural America. Highly recommended.
1: 100% agree with that review. And I will tell you that this book, I started listening to the audiobook and I couldn't because it was almost like a textbook. It was easier to read than a textbook, but Mm -hmm. there were so many names and facts and things that I wanted to remember that I stopped and I ordered the book and I have read like three or four actual books since then. So I picked this book and now I'm like on team, give me a real book. I'm listening to our next book. Are you? I am, but I'm also reading another book too. So if you had to give this book stars, what would you give it?
0: Probably four out of five. I like the length. It's a very quick read. It's true crime. I like that. And it's a different true crime. It's a different true crime. I've never really heard or listened or read anything about an arsonist. So that was new for me. Exactly. I would say, though, that the story itself was interesting of of Tanya and Charlie. But because there's not much to it... It was an introduction to an arsonist true crime.
1: I gave it three out of five stars. I, I found it really interesting. It's definitely not the worst book I've ever read. No. Um, I really did like it. I would recommend it oh, if yeah. somebody wanted to read a, a, a nonfiction true crime book. But that's just not the kind of books that I like. So it's not the best book. And I'm very – I would I will be very stingy with my five stars. Right. So four and three is pretty good. For and it me. has something to
0: do with the way that it's written. It's just no. It's just what the book's about.
1: I've very much enjoyed all the extra facts, tidbits, um, couple couple criminals, arsonist, mental state. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that she dragged like David Berkowitz in it and Bonnie and Clyde and the Natural Born Killers couple. I loved all that. And it was so short that even if I didn't like it, it took me like six days on my lunch break to read it. This you was... know, like it was it was so fast. Like it's not like I wasted my time. Right. All right. Tell me about your mug.
0: I had a vision of what my mug what I wanted my mug to be very catchy and couldn't find it so I made my mug okay so I had a white mug and I got a sharpie and it says true love burns red hot (laughs) (laughs) that's a good one mine
1: is a community coffee mug I don't is community coffee local to Louisiana
0: are you serious? No, I mean, I
1: know that it is, but can you buy it other places? Oh. Anytime we go on vacation, <laughs> we bring coffee
0: with us. I don't know. Do, do people do that? Is that like a Louisiana thing too? Well, I remember our dad worked in Alaska and he would have a ship community coffee to him because he could not get it in Alaska. Now, granted, it's Alaska. You probably can't get a lot of stuff up there. Right. Um, and I mean, every, it's the internet right. these days. I'm I'm going to assume that community coffee is not going to be available
1: I picked it because they were such a tight knit community and there was one night in particular, I think Christmas Eve where Charlie and Tanya were actually just sitting at like the gas station. I'm picturing like a gas station with like a couple booths where you can get like a sandwich or whatever, but they're sitting at the gas station drinking coffee and Sheriff Todd Godwin comes in and they're just like, Hey, what's up? Blah, blah. And they actually mention, I hope the arsonists take a break tonight. I could sure use one.
0: And so the arsonists did. I guess they got It's a just clue. so
1: crazy that they said that to Charlie and Tanya and they were the ones who were starting the fires. So I thought that the community coffee mug was just perfect because of the, the how close that community was.
0: And it's red. Mm-hmm. So our next book that we're going to do is called Four, the Four Winds by Kristen Hannah. Yes. Actually I think I
1: have Nightingale. You gave me Nightingale somewhere. So we're in the middle of reading that it's a it's a big book. i it have is a to big say book. it's a big book and I'll save my thoughts for our next podcast. But. but go ahead and get started reading that. Misty sent me her book choice and I read the blurb and I'm like, "Yeah, okay. That sounds that sounds okay." I I guess another reason that I gave this book 3 stars out of 5 is when I read books, I we all know that I like magic and stuff. I like to read to kind of get out of this world. Right. So reading True Crime, um, I like to watch, invest, investigate, and own and court TV. Like, I like yes. to watch that. But when I'm reading, I want it to be like my escape from the real world. So I enjoyed the True Crime book more than I thought I would. this is historical fiction, which, you know, historically, I don't like historical fiction. <laughs> but this book is
0: good. It is, and but you get, will not be wasting your time no. reading it. Read American Fire. It's a quick read. Mm-hmm. It's good. Monica does a great job with it. It's it's really good. Start reading The Four Winds. Get started on that because it is a it is a chunky book. Yeah, but you're gonna like it too.
1: Yep. Yeah. Okay. Well, we will be back next time with The Four Winds by Kristen Hannah.
0: Can't wait. Bye. Bye.
2: I'm Paige, the host of Reverie True Crime. I tell stories of helpless victims, vicious killers, predators watching their prey before they strike, survivors, petty crimes, people we think we know who do the unthinkable, and the dangers that lurk not only in the dead of night, but in plain sight and the light of day. Every once in a while, I'll also tell stories of the frightening paranormal, elusive cryptids, haunted locations, and conspiracies that may be silly or thought-provoking. You can listen to Reverie True Crime wherever you're listening to this podcast. Feel free to follow me on Twitter at Reverie Crime Pod. Facebook, Instagram, and even Tumblr at Reverie True Crime. Remember, stay safe, be aware of your surroundings at all times, and take care.